Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Fantasy Football with Mozzie and the Muscle. I'm the Muscle, joined by my co-host, who is quite a fiend at Overwatch, Mozzie. Hey, yeah, I took a long break from Overwatch. I've been getting back into it, and um, it's a very different game. I've had to learn a lot of new stuff with, but that's okay. That's part of the journey. Yeah, the whole the whole 5v5 aspect is, you know, <laughs> that one's a huge change. But, yeah, that's um, a big change. <laughs> Yeah, who who's who's your main or who are your couple mains? Uh who do I play most with? Right now I've been playing mostly Brigitte. Oh the 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 big strong support woman? Yeah. Nice, yeah. She's she's pretty solid. I I like being tanky. I used to do Zenny. Yeah. Uh Junker Queen is one of the new tanks. She's one of my favorites. Absolutely. Hard hard to go wrong with Reinhardt though. He he's he's my go to. <laughs> yeah, he's the king, man. I love Rein. He's easy to play, easy to play with. Like, yeah. It's good on with a controller because you don't really need a mechanically perfect aim to swing a giant hammer. It's mm-hmm. nice. But you know who does have mechanically perfect aim? And who's that? CJ Stroud. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. And he uh, he and Houston are hosting the uh, the Browns here on Sunday afternoon and in in the first game. The uh, the Browns are actually favored which we are both against right now. Um, we're taking Houston currently. The spread right now is two in favor of the Browns, and the total is 44.5, so uh, up a little bit from 43.5 initially. Everyone is taking the Browns, like everybody. And I, everybody I that I listen to is saying that, like, man, everyone's taking the Browns. I'm going to take them too. It's just, so, you know, and part of me is just, I don't, I definitely don't think this is a gimme game. The fact that so many people are taking the Browns to me is really worrisome because Houston kind of played them pretty well with Case Keenum. Yeah, like that like was it, not a blowout. It was it was a combo of Case Keenum shitting himself and then Davis Mills coming in and you know leading a comeback attempt. Right. And the one thing I noted was one of the big differences between Case Keenum and uh, Davis Mills is mobility. Like Mills <laughs> can actually move. Yeah. So I think that advantage kind of shows, okay, that's one aspect of Stroud. Like he can move when he needs to. Mm-hmm. He'll be able to do that. And one thing he can do is what we said was be was be super accurate. And that is not something Keenum or Mills can really uh can really claim. The um this was obviously the this first matchup was um Amari Cooper obliterating the Texan zone. Oh yeah. So yeah, so I was looking back at um that game a bit. So the Texans, you know, aside from CJ Stroud, they didn't have Will Anderson. They lost uh, Ward, Petrie, and Greenard like early on in that game. So they were down to backups without really prep for it. And so Amari just obliterated the zone. Um, so he got 265 yards and two touchdowns. 245 of those yards, one of his touchdowns were against zone there. So <laughs> that explains, you know, a good amount of that. Um, like when you're down to backups in zone, there's all these breakdowns and it's hard to keep up like that so injury wise 
We do we have Ward on IR still, but it's looking like we'll have the rest of the group back. Um, Petrie already is back, and it looks like Greener should be back. He's been getting some limiteds. Um, my my big concern injury wise for them right now is um, Noah Brown, and honestly, sort of Greener too. I think Anderson will be fine. Woods, I think he'll play. Um, Jerry Hughes got hurt last week; he's out. But Greener and Brown are both big for them. Um, at We'll know before this late starts, at least. It's the very first game of the weekend. But I'm sure I'm sure they would like to be a day later for these. But there's, there's yeah, a lot that there. Would, uh, that would be nice if they were just one day later. Make yeah, sure their and guys then, are uh, nice and healthy. Mm-hmm. And then Cleveland side, um, Shelby Harris got hurt last week. I think he's out. I'll double check that. Um, Cedric Tillman's out with concussion. Uh, they won't have quite. They won't quite have uh, Grant Delpit back. And then. Thornhill's questionable, but I think he's going to go. And then Ward is questionable. He got hurt in practice. Uh, I think it was today, recording Thursday the 11th. Rule after nine. So keep an eye on Ward. Um, I mean, that's they don't really have much news besides he hurt his knee in practice a little bit. Yeah. As they're saying a little bit. So that's kind of a one we'll keep an eye on. But um, where, where are you at with this game? What's kind of leading you to Houston? Well, part of it is... I think people are afraid to pick the Texans because it's a first-year coach and it's a rookie quarterback. And, I mean, for me, the reality is that I've never seen a rookie coach and quarterback duo even make the postseason like this. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. So I'm at the point now where I am i can't really doubt their potential. Um, and... We, I mean, Joe Flacco has played really well, but we also know what can happen with Joe Flacco. (laughs) 38-year-old Joe Flacco now, right? Yeah. He has thrown eight picks in, like, five games or whatever it is. So he is probably throwing two on Saturday. And if he throws two, I think the Texans win. If he throws three, I definitely think they win. I don't, I mean, I haven't been as impressed with Cleveland's defense as of late. Um, I'm not sure why that is. Miles Garrett, like, has not gotten a sack in, like, weeks. I know he was a little banged up. Um, he didn't play last week, right? So I'm pretty sure that, you know, he got a little time to rest. He but... got one versus the Jets, and then his last one wasn't, what, 11 19 versus Pittsburgh. So, like, he basically went on a stretch of one, two, three, four, five, six weeks with one sack, and that was versus the Jets, who have the worst offensive line in football. And are keeping their O-line coach, by the way, because that's really smart. Um, just to throw that little jab in there, fire Keith Carter. Uh, yeah, I think he got banged up versus Denver because his snap percentage was low that game. That might have been that. I, I don't think... That's part of like the whole thing for me, though, is just I think that uh, Stroud is really good at getting the ball out quickly. He's very good at identifying uh, parts of the defense to attack. And I don't think they sack him a whole lot. They probably get home a few times, but I don't know. I think this is much more in favor of the Texans than people realize. Yeah, I'm with you. Um and I, I want to mention Shelby Harris. Um, he'll be. It looks like he's in this week. So oh, a little really? bit for the Browns there. Yeah. Um, so player specific wise, um, I do think Cooper will do well again. But I'd, I'm not saying expect 200 yards again. Um, <laughs> I think it's more like 
he should have a solid game just because he's number one guy. Like, he can crush their zone again, but I think Houston's going to come back one healthier and two with a way different plan. And it's going to be heavily Cooper focused. Um, so I do like Njoku a lot in that regard. The, the you know, I think he, he's their number two. The focus towards Cooper is going to help them or help him there. And I lean Njoku more so than uh, more because he's going to see a lot of Desmond King in the slot, who's actually been pretty dang good in the slot. He took over when uh, Tavier Thomas went down, and he's been balling. So, Do you think the Texans will run more uh, man-to-man now that they have Steve Nelson and uh, Derek Stingley? Like um, they might. I need to check what they're kind of like. Uh, it wouldn't surprise they, they, me. They've been, they've been fairly zone-heavy this year, but I can see if there's like certain weeks they've been more man-heavy. Um, just like based off when they're healthy, because like one game we'll get to tomorrow in our next episode is like the Packers are hilarious. Like they are super man heavy when Jair is in, and they play a ton of zone when he's out. Like, <laughs> which I actually just actually just click them like remembering through all that. Um, so the Texans, yeah, they so so week thirteen on is kind of when they've had this group of three in. So I'll check from week thirteen on what their what their rate's been, but. Um, in the meantime, I, uh, I'm not huge on either running back here, at least like rushing wise. PPR is a different story, especially with four, just because we know how Flacco is. But um, it's a pretty rough run matchup for both teams. And yeah, I actually like, like Singletary more than Ford, which is weird for me to say. Yeah, I guess I just think the like Texans think they win. win. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But I'm not really excited about either. Like it's it's a bad matchup for both. Yeah. Especially for a single Terry, unfortunately. So that kind of brings me back to like Stroud here. Um Stroud. where Cleveland is really man heavy. Like I like the Stroud Nico Noah Brown combo. So I do actually think they probably really want to have Noah Brown here because Yeah, I would agree with that. Where he's been super good against man. Like I think that trio will be solid because like I'm not as big on Schultz here. Um the the Cleveland tight end thing. That was kind of interesting while they had uh, Thornhill out, but when he's been in, it's been a lot different. Um, like, their middle of the field is more open with, like, with Delpit still gone, but... Schultzy? Yeah, like, th- like it's right now I think it's just Delpit missing, so I'm not I'm not that big on Schultz. Because they've got, is uh, Anthony Walker, He is he on IR? Yeah. Oh, I thought so. Yeah, he is, so... Yeah. Yeah, when when he and Thornhill were out, it was like that's that was when they were weak to tight end. But with Thornhill back, it's been a little better. Um, and Schultz is more of a zone eater guy. Not that he can't do well here, but I think the matchup favors more of the Stroud, Nico, Noah Brown. Mm-hmm. But if if Noah Brown is out and Robert Woods is in, where do you lean between Mechie and uh, Hutchinson, or <laughs> or do you not want either? I, I don't really know if I want either. <laughs> I think if he's out again, they're going to do the same thing they did last week, which is more two tight end. They did, they did so much two tight end last week. Yeah. They, In which like, case, they... I don't even hate Brevin Jordan again, because he's really good with the two tight end. You know, He's not really a blocker, but you get yeah, Schultz no, no, out no. there <laughs> blocking, and then you have Brevin Jordan open for some nine-yard catches, which could be in the end zone. Mm-hmm. They had a tight end like a second tight end or a fullback out there let me do this quick math like 65 like about two-thirds of the time so so it was yeah wow a lot a lot of that that's that's a lot (laughs) yeah yeah last week was weird because 
they switched up what they'd done all year with Mechie and Hutchinson, and they put Hutchinson in the slot more and Mechie on the outside more, hmm. which was odd. But I think that was, like, specific, like, size matchup base because I, I don't think they wanted Mechie on more in the slot there against Indy. I think they just wanted Hutchinson in there for the size advantage. Yeah. That was my guess. That does make sense. It's like, the Colts did have really tall outside corners. I remember when we were looking at that, like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah, and then this week, so Ward Ward is 5'11", and then um, Emerson on the other side is 6'2", so that's pretty tall. Um, I'll check how tall the other guy is, and then in the slot, um, Newsom is, is 6'1", so not 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 shorties, I'll, I'll say. Yeah, for sure. And then Cameron Mitchell, he is uh, 5'11", so I'll, I'll fairly... Fairly, like, you know, consistent size range there on the corners. No one that's, like, 5'7 or 6'3 or anything. Yeah. Hmm. So, but, yeah, big big thing, I guess, is watching on, on Ward and Noah Brown. I'd also keep an eye on Andrew Beck. Um, he's the fullback for the Texans. If he's in, I'd like Singletary more. Uh, if he's out, that's a that's a pretty big loss. He He's actually played a lot <laughs> for the Texans. Yeah. Yeah, didn't he return that kickoff touchdown? He did. He's been sort of like their Patriots gadget guy, where he's big, he can block, he can catch, he can receive, like he can kind of do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot to put him on the injury stuff. He he didn't practice Wednesday, but got a limited Thursday. So he'll so, probably play. Yeah, kind of shifting the days with the, with the Saturday game. So it's yeah, as if he got a limited Friday in more or less. Mm-hmm. So, but... Yeah, this I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think this will be this will be a fun one. Just to kind of see how it matches up second time around with Stroud in. Yeah, I would say my favorite bet is probably Houston to cover. That still gives you a one point leeway. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I I bet their money line pretty early on when they yeah. were. I was like plus one twenty five on it. I'm like heck yeah, I'm going for it. Let's go. Um, so I was looking through. Uh, like DFS stuff, kind of looking forward to the Saturday slate. And um, Joe Flacco is looking like the most popular quarterback because he's the cheapest by a good chunk. But I am just like, oh boy. Is Stroud the most expensive? So it's so we've got Mahomes at 7-1, two at 7, Stroud at 6-8, and then Flacco's down at 6-1. That's <laughs> kind of what's happening with it. That, that That's on uh, DraftKings at least. FanDuel, I think the gap's a little different. Yeah, the, the some of the... The, the pricing overall on DK is pretty, like, subdued this week. Like, it's not hard to kind of, like, jam guys in. Like, if you just play, like, one cheap guy, you can make a lot work. And if you want to go too cheap, you can do anybody pretty much. So, like, if you want to stack Miami and Kansas City, you can. It's, you, you have to get a little, little gross on some value. But That is not a game I want to stack. I actually have more interest getting a lot of the Houston guys here. But, yeah. So, next up, we've got... Miami at Kansas City. Kansas City is favored by three and a half. Well, they were when I wrote this. Let me make sure they still are favored by three and a half. Um, they're favored by four and a half now. Oh, my goodness. So, jump to point, and then totals down to 43 from 44. I think that's kind of weather accounting more than anything. Because yeah. um, the news since the spread has started, like, has been positive for Miami. Because, like, initially, like, we, we knew all the defensive entries, but we had less certainty on Waddle. So, he's sounding more positive and that spread grew which is kind of interesting the total dropped a point um i think that i think that's mostly response to weather this one 
I mean, poor Miami. So the injuries, they are going to be missing Van Ginkle and good. Um, it looks like they'll have Mostert and Waddle back. Um, I feel more confident in Mostert, but I still think Waddle's back. Xavier Howard's out. Uh, Javon Holland's banged up, and he's probably out. Um, Baker's on IR, and then Deshaun Elliott's iffy, but I think I would lean he's out. So just just demolished for Miami on defense. Yeah, they're missing, like, I think it's four of their front seven starters and five because one was the backup or something like that because they're missing Jalen Phillips as well as Cameron Good and yeah, then Baker and, then, and Chubb and Van Ginkle. Yeah, so many guys are out. It's it's really brutal. Um, the good news is their O-line is healthy right now. Like They had some issues yeah. with like Robert Hunt and Austin Jackson, Tron Armstead in and out. So that's the big plus. And I think with, with A-Chan back and like O-line healthy, like – the main hope for Miami here is running is the ball offense. a ton. Yes. Yeah, like and with Waddle back, yeah, the offense in general will have some some good oomph to it. Um so who who are you uh, on this game and what's got you on KC? So earlier in the week I was very on KC. I Waddle being back is pretty huge for me. Um Yeah, I'm assuming he's back based on getting some limited Zen Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah. If he's playing, that makes things really interesting. Because when it's just Reek, like, yeah, he's Reek. But you can also dedicate most of your defense to just stopping him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And when it's Waddle, you really can't. Waddle is quietly a 1,000-yard receiver this year, which is kind of insane, considering Reek's got 1,800 of them as well. Yeah. the line being healthy is really big, and I'm a little more torn on this game now because part of the Chiefs' problem is that it hasn't mattered who they play against. Their offense has just looked inept. <laughs> you do, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not as if other teams were forcing MVS and those guys to drop their passes. They were just dropping them because their wide receiver room is awful. <laughs> so, like, yeah. Miami's defense being out might not matter all that much if the Chiefs just can't fucking do anything on offense like it looks like they can't for most of the season. And I'm I'm getting a little nervous here with my gung-ho Chiefs that I had earlier in the week. The thing that Miami needs to win this game is to be able to score points, and I think they're going to be able to. I know the I mean, weather's yeah, gonna like, suck. <laughs> yeah, I'm. It does suck. I think the weather being terrible is funny in regards to like the main concern is just the ball being rock hard, right? So I think it's a benefit for the Chiefs and a negative for the Chiefs. But the say... negative, it. <laughs> no, go on. Uh, so the negative, the dropsies, like yeah, <laughs> it makes the dropsies more exaggerated. But you could argue that they're gonna have them anyway. So, but um. I was to say on the kicking, Bucker is a lot better and more used to it than the Miami kicker, so right. I think they get that edge. So this is definitely a game where you're going to want to run the ball. So Andy mm-hmm. Reid needs to not forget that he can run the ball, <laughs> as he sometimes does. Um, and that that benefits the Chiefs, but it also benefits the Dolphins. They have such a good, you know, run offense. If Mostert is back. I think like I think Mostert is really important for this game. Um, like Achan is useful, but you need someone that can take a hit in negative thirty degree weather. 
Yeah, it's more it's more like the jump between Wilson and Mostert than anything like that gap. Yeah, because like that, that's kind of where I'm at with it. So it's it's a really good run matchup for Miami actually. Um, like obviously they influence that a lot too in my sheet. But I was like I was I would double check that with some teams like with Miami like they have like the Denver game skewed it for so long, so it's kind of like tough to get oh. a real back in. But I mean it's been strong all year. But like Kansas City looking at a lot of these defensive metrics they're like bottom seven bottom ten in a lot of them anyway so it's not it's not like it's just Miami that's so like adjusted line yards Casey's eighth worst they are fifth worst in the RB yards um yeah there's like, a, like there's multiple categories but just it's not just Miami being good is influencing it there's a lot to it and then like um I what I also added in my sheet was like a lack a last four kind of thing so a lot of times season long stats will not reflect the team's current state. So what I did was I grabbed like individual category DVOA. So like pass offense, pass defense, rush offense, rush defense, and grabbed the weekly average those out. And they got the last, like the last four average okay. to kind of like get a better read on it. Just so we could see like, you know, what, what teams are kind of doing lately. Cause DVOA, like it accounts for context in a sense, but it, also doesn't in the way of like looking it's hard it's hard to explain how i feel about it so but i, I think using it along with context or in small groupings is, is the best way to do it so last four um it's also a really great run matchup for miami too on that on that front nice yeah i'm right now i have kansas city miami's defense is really hurt um, Chris Jones tends to step up his game in the playoffs as he has done in the past few years. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's really important for and this. He's also game. had a really good season anyway. He has. So like, I think this favors KC it's in KC. Uh, the weather is going to be shit. Like as long as Kansas city runs the ball, they're probably going to win. But I do think this will be a pretty tight game. And it'll be one where the Dolphins are like, man, if we just had, like, even half of our dead defense back, we probably would. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so I do want to get to the KC side there, because, like, as much as we talked about the Miami run game being in a good spot, it's also, like, with all these injuries, now a great matchup for KC, like, in their offense. So this screams a Pacheco game to me. Yeah, it's it's a great spot for Pacheco, Kelsey Rice. Like, that, that middle and the front are just so banged up for Miami. And like that's what you want to attack when you're KC. Yeah. So it's it's really unfortunate for them. Um, like the slot matchup against Miami is, is solid anyway. Um, both be, like both just by one by matchup and two by extension of the outside corners. But obviously, uh, Howard's out here. But I think they're just kind of got, their plan is probably going to be avoid Jalen Ramsey, waste him on MVS, whoever. And then just hit, you know, Rice on screens, hit Kelsey short in the middle, run Pacheco. Mm-hmm. Like, they they thrive this year on, like, the dink and duck, the short, quick stuff. And, you know, the middle like, stuff over the middle. And I think that's going to play into all the Miami, Miami injuries well. Yeah, it, so. it really plays into what Kansas City has been able to do offensively yeah. this year. It's a fortunate confluence for them or unfortunate for... Uh, Miami, depending on how you want to look at it. Right. They also have um, their line healthy. We were talking about that with Donovan Smith. 
yeah, he's back. Um, the only injuries really are like Ross and Tony are questionable, which d- does not really matter. Like, um, <laughs> the, the main thing is just like how's how's Kelsey doing? Because he's clearly not all all hundred percent. So hopefully that week off helped him to get him out. It is a um, pretty solid matchup for him if because he yeah the week off I think might have been really huge. He was clearly yeah. not a hundred percent when we saw him. Yeah, like, Andy Reid, like, made him sit out pretty much. Um, <laughs> like, and I know like, you've got incentives. Don't worry. I'll write you a check. Just take this game yeah. off, dude. <laughs> he was, like, 16 away from a 1,000 yards or something, yeah. But because someone asked him, about like, how the conversation was for that, and he was, like, pretty one-sided. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> um, so that's how I interpret that. He pretty much told him, like, you are going to rest here and not get hurt. Um, I think, for me, one of the, honestly, the most interesting things in this game is what Kansas City does against Tyreek. So I'm assuming Waddle's in here, a Tom Reed knit. And so with that, do they kind of play it quote unquote straight up or do they dedicate a lot more to Tyreek, like knowing him and making it, you know, a, you know, a, a good amount of one-on-one for Waddle. Like I'm kind of unsure which they do, but I think the possibility of that ladder makes me like Waddle a pretty good amount. Part of me thinks the way to, to do that is just to, like <laughs> try to get pressure on Tua as quickly as possible. You put Sneed on Reek, and then uh, you let your 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 free safety, uh, who I think is Mike Edwards, just kind of float and hope that that's enough. Because if Reek is going to get his, he's going to get his, and you almost are like, let's cut our losses. They need so- to be able to stop the run, and they need to stop the short game to waddle. That's like the big thing. Yeah, like. Pretty much, they're going to choose two of three. Is yeah, how I'm looking at it. So, like, <laughs> I think they choose Reek in the run game is where I'm leading. Yeah, it's tough to cover both though. Reek and the run game is tough. Yeah, like so, <laughs> like because if you if you want to try to really take care of Reek, like you you have Sneed and then uh, like then a help pretty much like the whole time. And then you know with the run, like they've got Bolton, like they got an amazing run stopper with him, but like. It's it's hard to take care of this run game like if you've got a help man dedicated to Reek the whole time just because of how side to side it is. Um, man, if Miami had a good tight end, they would be yeah. so scary. It's, yeah, it's really... been a really big deficiency for them all year. Mm-hmm. And like I know I know they weren't huge on Gasecki at his with his fit in the offense, but man, like next like next year I, I assume they're drafting a tight end like out. I don't know where Bowers is going to go, but, like, they probably really want, like, him or just, like, some, like, combo tight end. We talked about it, but could you imagine this team with Darnell Washington? Like, we talked about that during the draft. (laughs) That would be, like, a perfect fit because it's not like Smythe is, like, catching much anyway. So, just having a better blocker. Darnell doesn't really need – like, he only needs to be in the receiving game for, like, 20% of the game. It's going to be the red zone. And the rest, he's just, like, an extra giant lineman for Mostert or A-Chan. Yeah. Like, yeah, this this team with him would be insane. Mm. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun, actually. I'm bummed we never got that, that like, match. But I'm, I'm glad Pittsburgh's using him well now. Like, not in the receiving game, but they're having him just be extra tackle. I, I don't know why it took him so long. <laughs> that should have been a day one. <laughs> yeah, it, it took him a while to get everything figured out. But once they did it, like the run game got on track. They got the secondary on track with Joey Porter and everything. Yeah. So, um, but, but yeah, I think this will project to be a better game than I initially thought. Just because 
I do think Waddle adds a really big element to this. And like, I'll be honest, I think they have a very low chance of winning without Waddle. And now I think they actually have a, like a, they have a chance. Yeah. That's why I'm surprised. Surprised the spread grew because we got better dolphin news than we had initially. So (laughs) I was, I was kind of (laughs) confused on that. I think it was all just kind of weather based and kind of just some general betting based. Um, But yeah, so I guess summing up this game, like all the running backs, um, <laughs> it is tough to choose on Moster and Achan. They are a hundred apart on DK, so that's tough. But on FanDuel, there's like a let's see, eight hundred dollar difference, and Achan's the cheaper one, so I'm just going with him there. Yeah, but um, on DraftKings is a tough choice, and that's going to be reflected in the roster percentages. So like, look in there. Like, Singletary and Pacheco are the two chalkiest ones. Then you got to drop up to Ford. And then you've got A-Chan, you know, fourth. So, like, picking a Miami running back is kind of going to be a big differentiator. So, I'll probably do that. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to get Pacheco and a Miami running back, as weird as it sounds. Um, and then looking at the other game, you know, you've got, you know, Cooper and Nico, Rasheed and Reek. All the top four in that order in uh, in, in roster percentage, and then it's like a huge drop off. So like, Waddle sticks out big. T- I, and Waddle's might come up as news of his health comes out, but like he sticks out as definitely under rostered. I think, and you know, Noah Brown's one too. Like we don't know if he's gonna play, and if he plays, I I do like him. So you've got like the obvious like top receivers, and then like not much else here. So it gets it's it's a tricky slate. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, I think um, one guy I didn't mention is Cedric Wilson. And that's in the event that you do have Sneed on Reek and McDuffie on Waddle a lot. You could end up with... Well, I feel like they'll probably do that. Right? And McDuffie's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like, Cedric Wilson is definitely a he-only-needs-one kind of guy. Yeah, because they, I think they put him in the slot more when they've got everybody. I'll double-check that. But I believe that's what they've done. Like, basically, when, when Reek and Waddle are both in, they'll kind of just rotate that slot between Barrios and Wilson, if I recall. It's, mm. it's tough, because it's not, we haven't had a whole lot of Reek and Waddle together this year. Yeah, I know. It's been one or the other, it's and nice mostly so. Reek. <laughs> so, Cedric Wilson. Yeah, so, like, earlier in the year, like, like week, like pretty much week 11, some of these recent weeks were both had been in like yeah he's got a little more slot time um still more out wide but they'll, they'll use them in there they pretty much are like are mixing in these other guys in the slot um and some outside because they they get reek and waddle in there a little bit but not a ton they get reek in there more than more than waddle interesting just, i mean just because like sometimes getting reek in the slot can just be it's an asshole move but <laughs> like it's, it's sometimes just getting him some free touches quote-unquote yeah <laughs> But yeah, these are both some pretty solid games. I'm again the main thing we need is confirmation on Waddle. Again, I think he's gonna go. And then that first game, the the, the Noah Brown news is is pretty huge. I think and some of these other uh, guys like Ward and Greenard and Anderson and Woods. I think this might be a fun game to take flyers on, like relatively cheap flex guys. Just um, the second game, you said. Yeah, because yeah. Do I think Noah Gray could score a touchdown? Absolutely. Do I think Alec Ingold could score a touchdown? Absolutely. Like, these are prime matchups. Like, you look at Alec Ingold, the fullback. Like, this is a snow game. If there is somebody you need to muscle through, 
and Mostert, you know, he's dealing with his knee and ankle. Like Alec Ingold from the one yard line makes a lot of sense. You know, Noah Gray, if they're all focusing on Kelsey, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, for for uh, Ingold, I'd probably take like a touchdown bet versus a DFS play just because he's he's running back, so he's he costs the four K instead of the three K. Yeah, and at that point, it's like well, you might as well just go up to Hunt at forty seven if you're going if you're going low. But like, yeah, like Noah Gray, he's he's two six, so you get like a you know yearly min price tight end and a lot of salary savings and then brevin george two five so like those guys both save you a lot dermis Smythe is 3k like <laughs> it's not it's not appealing but he's also an option down there yeah um but like receiver like yeah like wilson's down there justin watson's down there you've got mechie and hutchinson um elijah moore is going to be the popular value receiver he's 4k um he at least makes sense on dk because he is more of a reception guy. Mm-hmm. I like. I don't want to play MVS, but he's three K. I you. There's not enough money in the world for me to play MVS. <laughs> Richie James is three three. I'd probably prefer him for two hundred more there if I can get there. Like if I'm if I'm down at three K, I'll just I'll just go Hutchinson instead of MVS. I think that makes sense. I'm like looking through making a lineup right now. To yeah, I've done I've done a lot of variations on these, but. Yeah, like you could even go like Braxton Barrios if you wanted a three one. Like take it taking your shot on this low end is where it's gonna be at. So and, and again it's also gonna depend on if Noah Brown is in or out. So like if he's in, it kinda ruins the Houston guys. Yeah. Um, but if he's out, like if he's out, like I Hutchinson at three K is probably my favorite, like super deep dive. Because he's a smidge cheaper than Mechie. Like I, the 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 couple hundred really matters this week, I've noticed. Like there's been spots where like I've been 200 short of Justin Watson at three, four, like a billion times. I'm like, Oh my God. So it, it's uh this, the overall salaries are suppressed, but like when you're trying to fit in these like guys, you actually want to play. You're like, ah shit, this is getting a little tough. <laughs> so <laughs> it's basically, if you want to play Kelsey or Joku, you've got to go shitty at a receiver spot. Is <laughs> this is the gist of I it. Know. And I want to like play Kelsey. Just... So, yeah, it's just it is a really good spot for. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love these two gamers. I'll I'll definitely be watching both of these. Um, oh yeah. So, do you have anything else with either of these before we before we dip out? Um, no, but I think officially our picks are Houston and Kansas City, right? At least for right now, pending injuries. Yeah. Is it weird that I feel more confident in Houston than Kansas City? No, I do too. <laughs> because we talked through it, I'm like, I'm actually really unsure with the Chiefs just because of how unsteady their offense has been, and like when Miami have like when they've got Rico Waddle, it's dangerous. So I I'm gonna I'm gonna see how the roster percentages shake out. Right now, I'm, I've I've kind of been leaning stacking the second game just off of how I like the matchups, but I'll I'll see how the roster stuff comes in because I mean if if Waddle is not that popular, like I've gotta, <laughs> yeah. Same with like the Dolphins running backs, like Waddle and then Dolphin running back is going to get you unique is what you're telling me. Like that sounds like a gift. So like (laughs) it could bite me, but like I would feel so like uh, that just seems too right for me to not go after. But anyway, um, you can find us online. Uh, I wrote, I broke down these games earlier in the week. So if you want a a lot of what we said today is kind of in here, a little less injury, news currency but otherwise uh, the same general breakdown you can find that on mozzyandthemuscle.com click our blog that's where you'll find a lot of our all of our written stuff we do um you can find us on instagram at mozzyandthemuscle 
You can find us on Twitter at Mozzie and Muscle. Um, if you're following that last week, you got the uh, updated uh, motivation charts, which a lot of that ended up being pretty helpful. <laughs> um, so yeah, keep, keep following us on there. I'll, I'll maybe I'll start posting some bets there. The uh, the week 18 bets were really annoying because DJ Shark and Sam Howell like both nearly got to the end zone. DJ Shark did, and then they overturned it. Yeah, <laughs> and then the stupid touchback. And then Howell got like a yard away. I was like, oh my gosh. So anyway, um, but I'm, I'm looking forward to this week. We, the props came up early, hoping those hit well, hoping DFS goes well. But we will be back tomorrow to break down these uh, Sunday games and the Monday game. Which, yeah. Well, that one's looking a little rough, but um, these, <laughs> a couple of these Sunday ones are pretty juicy. But um, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back soon.